Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading Ecclesiastes chapter 11 from the World English Bible. Cast your bread on the waters, for you shall find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, yes, even to eight, for you don't know what evil will be on the earth. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falls, there shall it be. He who observes the wind won't sow, and he who regards the clouds won't reap. As you don't know what is the way of the wind, nor how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child, even so you don't know the work of God who does all. In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening don't withhold your hand, for you don't know which will prosper, whether this or that, or whether they both will be equally good. Truly, the light is sweet, and it is a pleasant thing for the eyes to see the sun. Yes, if a man lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. But let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. All that comes is vanity. Rejoice, young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth, and walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these things God will bring you into judgment. Therefore, remove sorrow from your heart, and put away evil from your flesh, for youth and the dawn of life are vanity. That is the end of chapter 11. I read through both David Gusick's commentary and the New English Translation notes to see if there was corroboration for my understanding of most of chapter 11, but I will admit that I was pretty stumped by verses 1 and 2 about casting your bread on the waters. First, I read these verses, these first two verses, in a variety of translations, and there seems to be a pretty good split between those that literally translate it, some version close to casting your bread on the waters, and those which use the context of doing business overseas, talking about sending your grain overseas. And indeed, taking action for prosperity and success in our efforts, in spite of the unknowns of nature, is the idea carried on when talking about clouds raining and trees falling. And verse 4 says that waiting for the perfect situation leads to inaction, so you'd get no crops, no return, no fruitful labor. And just to make sure you understand how much you don't know, the preacher talks about the mystery that affects us all. Being formed in our mother's womb, we don't even know how we are made. Thus, in verse 6, he says to just get busy using the example of sowing seed to represent human work. But also, as in verse 2, he talks about diversifying your efforts because you can't foretell exactly what will work out. But of course, we have to revisit the idea that we will get old to die. He precedes that with a happy description of youth, and the New English translation notes say that light and dark are being used in this section metaphorically to represent life and death, so the days of darkness refer to old age. So in verse 9, 
Enjoy your youth, but when making choices, remember that all will be judged by God. David Gusick marks this, verse 9, as the beginning of the preacher's conclusion. Verse 10 is a way of saying, don't be anxious, which reminds me of John chapter 14, verses 1 and 27, where Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe in me also. And Philippians 4, 6 through 7, where it says, don't be anxious about anything. The New English translation note takes the position that there is a parallelism of anxiety and evil here that means that evil should not be translated in the moral sense, and they translate it as pain, as we have talked about as appropriate in some places. But I think there is a parallelism that makes it evil in the moral sense and agree with David Gusick in taking it that way as following ungodly desires. I come to this conclusion for two reasons. First, the immediately preceding verses are talking about judgment. And two, worrying is an evil thing, as it indicates not trusting God. So, for instance, in the Old Testament wilderness wanderings, the people of Israel got into trouble many times as they let their worry give birth to whining and complaining. Then the preacher ends verse 10 with another reminder that youth and the beginning of life is vanity. Here I will reference BibleStudyTools.com's entry in Baker's Evangelical Dictionary of Biblical Theology. That's a good name. So it says that included in the Hebrew word for vanity is the idea of wind or vapor. So it gives the idea that life is like a breath, as is mentioned in Psalm 39.5. Not surprisingly, this entry here also has some things to say about Ecclesiastes. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 